There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Those studios in Jupiter, Florida for Cardinal Spring Training. And we always welcome you to enjoy this program. Subscribe to it. Spread the word around. Post preferably positive reviews at, uh, at your convenience. I like what's going on with the show. Not necessarily because anything I'm doing. But uh, I like seeing it continue to grow, and that's uh, the name of the game. While in Jupiter, Florida, I have been and will continue to be uh, doing what I describe as uh, long-form interviews with uh, members of the Cardinal organization. And then also, I would imagine we will have uh, some golf representation and possibly one of the most successful St. Louis native to play in one of the uh, four major professional leagues over the last two decades for a long-form interview. And I don't believe he has done one um, in St. Louis. At the same time, honestly, I'm talking out of my ass. I have no idea. I don't even know who really else who, who else does this. Not to say that it's really cutting edge. It's just I'm kind of... Uh, batshit in that I like to uh, to talk to people for a really long time. So with regard to uh, interviews that we've already done, uh, this week Jack Flaherty is the guest. I like to think that that one's a pretty good one. Gotten a lot of positive feedback on it if you haven't listened to it. Um, there's a lot going on with uh, Flaherty and I, and I think he has, a, I just think he's good. I think he's going to be a superstar and potentially the face of baseball and you get a sense for that. Um, just because I don't know how to describe it, man. You can just sense the intensity. I think that's the best way I can describe it. You can sense the intensity. Um, coming up, Paul Goldschmidt talked with him, uh, Tommy Edmond, and uh, literally as I speak right now, and it is Wednesday, February nineteenth. I just left uh, Roger Dean Stadium a couple hours ago, I guess, and did an interview with Harrison Bader, and I don't really know him. He's been on the show before, but uh, I felt like we had a good conversation there. Uh, the, the word of the uh, the interview will be beta. That will be the word of the interview. When people listen to it, that's what's going to be their takeaway. So that's my deep tease on that one. I don't know what order we're going to put these out. Um, I certainly uh, hope to talk to John Mazalak, hope to talk to uh, Yadier Molina, hope to talk to Adam Wainwright, hope to talk to Mike Schilt, and then my golf uh, target uh, or targets and uh, my deep tease on the St. Louis athlete um, and I think that's going to happen yeah yeah you know I never say I never count it until I have it Some, and then sometimes I fucking record them and then I mess up the audio and then I have it but I don't really have it you know what I mean it's, it's a whole thing you can't rely on me for the tech stuff even though it's pressing record which fortunately in this case I did we're three minutes and 12 seconds in all right it's all brought to you by a bunch of uh, people who uh, who have gotten on board, and I'm very grateful for their uh, support. Uh, Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, the sponsor of our studios online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Uh, Ryan Kelly, 
studio sponsor, those studios in Jupiter, Florida, through uh, at least March. I don't know. I might uh, I get down here, and I just am in a, I'm in a good place. And I've had some people who kind of know me um, well, and they're just like, you just sound happier. Um, and I don't know. I'm being down here with my wife and my son, and uh, Anna Marie's parents live with us. Uh, I just love the warm weather, the sun. I... And honestly, for those of you who I'm sure everybody's like, well, yeah, I like that too. But the the the, the flip side to it is, I am really negatively impacted by the gray and the cold and the rain. I think they call it like seasonal depression. I don't want to. I know that that word is not a word you you necessarily throw around in 2020, so I don't want to th- throw it around loosely, but. I'm telling you, man, like right when mid-October hits and that first chill with the gray and just like the spitting rain and you're just like, oh yeah, we've got like six or seven more months of this. For a lot of people, um, they're much better than I am and and they just go, okay, well, that's what we got, you know, so whatever, fucking cares, I'll be fine. And for me, I just start just bitching and moaning even more than normal. So I get down here, it takes me a few days and then I warm up to it. And um, I don't know. I love it. I really want to do something uh, with the people who are, you know, it doesn't matter if you're really, I don't, as a matter of fact, I'm sure there's some people who just be like, oh, like like to go to Jupiter, Florida and play golf and hang out at some of these places I hear about and see the Cardinals play or whatever, um, bring my significant other, whatever the case might be, and have no idea who I am. Uh, or what the show is, but I, I always think about the people who who have made both the radio show and the podcast possible, and I want to try to uh, to show them some of the stuff that we're talking about. And I'd love to do like a big trip. Um, Got to find the right partner to host it, but uh, and then try to do something where it's you know discounted because of the the size of the group. Um, and just people can can get a chance to experience it, and it's the best. And you know, and then maybe people can take their families down here and have it be some kind of a tradition because it's truly something I love, um, and it puts me in a better place. Although in today's case of the program, uh, which just kind of shows, I was just up at the ballpark as I said, interviewing Harrison Bader, and uh, was sitting there, and I feel like every time <laughs> every time I'm there. My Claiborne is there, and then we just wind up sitting there and bullshitting, and I swear that should be a podcast in and of itself. And I always tell him this right when he's in the middle of one of his stories or or uh, whatever observation he's making at the moment. And I said, God, I got to tell you something. Anna Marie and I went to Taco Tuesday, Rocco's Tacos, uh, and probably just like absorbed thousands of calories. And I had one beer while playing golf yesterday. Um and and had one margarita, albeit a large one, but nonetheless, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the combination of all of the crap I take to sleep and pain meds for my shoulder or what. I know I didn't sleep well, and it was one of those things where I woke up, and I'm like, oh, shit, today's going to be one of those days, and I don't have them too often anymore. It used to, it was really played a large role in me leaving television, you know, 15 years ago, but how I would feel like this, God, four out of seven days of the week. Fortunately, it's one out of maybe every three weeks now. But today's one of those days. So to record this thing in the midst of my um, my 
just not being right and have a, having a headache. And I don't know. I don't I can't imagine it's a hangover. I mean, I'm sitting here. It's nearly 5.30 Eastern time, and I've been up for 12 hours. I don't know what's going on. But either way, I, it, it's just it, it, it's what I was saying to Claiborne. I'm like, God, I mean, it used to be 3, 4 in the morning, kind of regularly, like at least one night a week, if not a couple, stag bars, just... You know, I mean, it was just the way it was. And it's just amazing how you just, Doug always talks about, Doug Vaughn talks about the being in drinking shape. And I'm just not. But I don't know for a fact that that how I feel today is because I had one margarita and one beer. Or I'm just in denial over the fact that I feel this way because I had one margarita and one beer. It's it's a whole thing. That's what I'm going to tell you. Either way... um, I, we're recording questions from the audience. You can always email your questions, as a lot of people have. I've got so many. I think we're in like the 20-plus range today. And I, I tr- I'm going to try to keep this. Part of me initially was thinking, okay, I'm just going to like set a timer, two minutes, and then make sure I get through them. But I feel like what people, those who enjoy this, uh, like about it is that it just wanders into, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't even remember the questions. I just remember seeing a shitload of emails. Um, and so people kind of like that it wanders. And so if I capped it at two minutes, it's going to cap the wandering. So I'm not going to cap it. I have no idea how many questions I'll get to. I'd like to get to a good number of them, but I, I have no idea. Um, so some things that, uh, that I know people want to talk about, certainly spring training, uh, the XFL doing better than the blues did head to head in the ratings. That was a, um, this whole XFL thing is just, it's, it's just huge surprise to me, but you know. A uh, great kind of surprise. Um, Mark Montavani announcing that he's running for St. Louis County Executive. For those of you who are loyal listeners of the podcast, you've heard him on our show a couple of times. And you heard him a couple of months ago. Um, at least in my opinion, and I said it. I said I, if I had to bet 100 bucks, I would bet that he is not going to run. It just continues my... I'm just on a cooler right now with my bets. Um but I'm happy he is running, and he chose the morning after our radio show this morning. You know, you had a social media uh, post at like 6.30-ish, 6.45 Central, and then he uh, made sure to, to do our show first, which was pretty cool. TV, radio was our show uh, because he appreciates our audience and the support he gets from our audience. So that's going on. Like I said, I've interviewed Goldschmidt, Bader, Edmund, and uh, this week, you can hear it right now, Jack Flaherty. So, um, and then I played golf and I've been playing golf with, um, which, you know, I didn't know how that was going to work. I really thought I was going to get surgery, uh, last week, not this week on my torn labrum in my left shoulder, but it feels all right, man. So much so I've played, uh, let's see, today is Wednesday. I think I played Sunday and I played Tuesday. So, and I, I, you know, just was chipping and putting a little bit ago. And I'm sure some people are like, oh, go fuck yourself, you asshole. But the reason why I get into this is, A, I'm able to do it, which I never would have thought a month ago. Um, And B, I played yesterday with Adam Long, the St. Louisan, who's also been a guest of the podcast, Francis Howell guy, uh, then went on to Duke, then grinded on the web.com tour, and then just out of nowhere wins the Desert Classic in 2019. It's since been renamed the American Express Classic. And he had to hit like a 15-footer to beat Phil Mickelson on the 18th hole with like Mickelson standing, you know, 10 feet behind him. And he does it. And now he's a PGA Tour winner. 
Um, and so I got a chance to play with him. We'd never played together, played with him yesterday. And, um, and it was, you know, he's, uh, he's by no means a big guy, but at the same time, if you look at the guy who hits it the furthest on tour, well, I guess the, the, the top 20 player who hits it the furthest, I think driving average, I think it's actually Rory McIlroy. Um, and he's like my size, uh, as far as height goes. So Adam's Adam's by no means a big guy, but so I was anxious to see like what it would be like. Like okay, I'm I'm hitting the ball, hitting the ball well, um, even with the the shoulder situation, and and then like okay, if I really get one, what it looks like in comparison, and for the two things that stand out to me is yes, there is a substantial deal of distance. Um, if I were to catch one and he catches one, we're talking. I would, 35 to 50 yards depending on the ball um and uh and then secondarily just like how high the thing goes which kind of surprises me actually now maybe if the condition yesterday it wasn't windy here it's it's oftentimes windy at this time of year in Florida um and maybe he would then adjust his his ball flight but um just how high the thing, and then just so you're just taking trees out of play, and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go over that. That's neither here nor there. And then when he would play the same tees as us, um, and like how short the course was for him. I mean, it's like, okay, I'm 40 yards out on a par four. It's just, it's a, it's a whole different thing. Uh, so that was super cool, um, and a great experience, fun experience. While we were out there, Mod Rashad was like two uh, holes behind us. Um, playing at the same place and uh, just out there like at 5.30. It's the greatest time here um, because it's still warm, but there's no humidity. And it's just, it's super laid back. It's just, it's just, it's really, it's, it's the time where I'll be driving around, especially if I'm with Anna Marie and Jameson. And I'm just like, this is the best. It's, it's the best. It is truly like happiness. Um, and so yesterday to be out there, you know, drinking and bullshitting and playing with a guy who's won on the PGA tour and just, you know, giving each other shit. Uh, and he's a man, he, you know, no surprise you go to Duke, you're an intelligent guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I posted the video of it, but I, I, I turned my phone away when I said it cause I go out there and I had out, out driven him, but it should be noted that he was teeing off from the tips and I was teeing off from like not the next tee, but the very next tee after that. And so my ball was like 20 yards up on him. And I go, well, I got to go out here and, and get video of this because I just outdrove a tour pro. And without even, I mean, it, it was like not even a split second. He goes, oh, okay, well, you ought to see what, uh, what our scores wind up. You know, just like instantaneously. It's like, yeah, all right, so you got me because I'm teeing off 40 yards behind you. And I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, I'm going to, you know, get a birdie or a par and you're going to be fumble fucking around. Um, and uh, and so I was, you know, he was, he, I don't know, I think it was probably a par, that was par four because I feel like every par five he was on in two and it was just kind of standard. But uh, I was watching him chip and he, I, he, I remember when I interviewed him last year, he said he one of the things that improved for him was what, uh, he had kind of, his uh, swing coach had told him to play his chips with a bit of a draw. And so I saw him chip and I walked over and said, hey, you still playing your chips with a bit of a draw? And he goes, yeah, are you still four putting? And I go, whoa, 
where, where did that come from? And he goes, well, you're asking me about something I said on the podcast last year, and you said that you were four-putting on the podcast last year. I said, yeah, but I said mine was a serious question. He goes, mine was too. You said it on the podcast. And then I thought about it. I go, oh, yeah, I did. But it came across like a shot. And it gives me the sense that these guys, when they're out there playing with each other, because they're all in such a, a like this 0.01% of the average golfer world, their abilities, that part of it is just giving each other shit. And so I enjoyed being on the receiving end of it, even though I wasn't really giving it. I was on the receiving end of it. Um, but it is it is true. If you listen to my podcast with Adam last year, I had just played, and I think I had played the champion course here, and he will be playing the champion course here next week, the Honda Classic. He is in the field um, as of this moment, along with Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, and uh, Gary Woodland. And... Uh, and the greens are just like stupid firm, number one, and fast. And I just, I mean, I don't, I, I actually track my stats, which is just horrific. It's such a nerd thing, but it's what I do. And I remember I was playing with Jim Edmonds, and I remember we got done with the, the, the first nine, and I said, oh my God, and I can't remember what the total was, but it was something 20-something putts, you know? So, I mean, if they're 18 holes in your, you know, in your, in your twenties as a, as a pro or an amateur, that's not bad. If you've played nine and you're in your twenties already, that's a real problem. Uh, and, and I was, and it was hideous and that's, and I did, I four, I four put like a couple holes on the nine. I mean, just like what in the world? So, um, my swing instructor, Craig Story, and I will plug him here. I believe the email address is story golf, but I'm going to uh, type it in to make sure that I'm right. Story golf at yahoo.com. That's my guy, Craig Story. Tell him I sent him, uh, sent you to him. Um, so I was texting him last night, and he goes, "Look at you out, you know." Because he saw some of the videos of me and Adam playing. He goes out driving tour pros, and I go, "Well, you know, I mean, let's make sure we have the proper context on that." And I said, "But my short game's just hideous." And I said, "What would you recommend?" And he said, "Okay," he said. Go out to a putting green and three feet away and sink 30 putts in a row. And once you miss one, you start over again and just keep going. And if that means you're there until five in the morning, that's what you do. I'm like, okay, this is going to be really monotonous. But then I did it. I did it this afternoon on my way back from Roger Dean. And I went up to a putting green and I got to 27, but I never got to 30. And as a husband and father, I thought it would be irresponsible to take my uh, coach's uh, advice literally and stay there until the uh, sunset. And it, and I don't know. I think I think when I think about the ones I would miss that would end my streaks, it would just be lack of conversation, uh, concentration, or um, a case of you know just kind of yipping almost really. But it was interesting after doing it, and I remember somebody saying, it's, it's like if you type in a Mickelson short game video on YouTube, he talks about this. And then after you do it, and I don't know how many putts I must have hit, about 150, um, all from three feet, all from the exact same spot, that then, you know, I go back like just I'm walking off the green and drop a ball like 20 feet away, and then you kind of have an idea of what your putting stroke is. But you're just expanding it on the backswing to, to get at the proper distance. I drop the ball just for the hell of it. I'm sure enough, I sink the thing. And I'm like, God, this kind of makes sense. Because I remember seeing a guy who's a, uh, a PGA guy, not a tour player, but an instructor up at PGA National last year. And he was working with a younger player, some guy in his teens. 
And I was just talking about, I was joking with him about how shitty my putting was, probably the same stuff Adam was referencing. And he goes, oh, all you need to do is just be three feet away and just keep doing it over and over and over again until you hit 30 in a row. And I'm like, oh, this is now I'm thinking to myself, when Craig emailed me that last night or texted me, whatever it was, I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. But I'm like, well, that, that, uh, that's great for three feet away, but for what, what about for like 20 feet away? And then you think about it, think about this with me, if you have a bunch of 15-foot putts, th- that means you're probably a pretty damn good player because the average player doesn't have many 15-foot putts unless they are blowing their first putt by 15 feet or coming up short 15 feet. Because if you're hitting your second shots uh, 15 feet from the pin, you're doing something right. I suppose you could say your third or fourth or fifth chip shot or pitch or whatever, and you're still 15 feet away. Point being, you're not going to have a whole lot of 15-foot putts, but you are going to have a lot of three-foot putts. And missing those and being the difference between a par and a bogey or a bogey and double bogey, I mean, it, that does mean the world. And so it just it's, you're not even thinking about it. It becomes robotic. And I really have to say, after doing that drill, I love that drill. And the thing I'll say about playing with Adam outside of distance, which is not really surprising, and precision is the short game thing, but specifically what those guys do is they, they'll miss putts, but they'll miss them within, I don't know, God, being liberal with it, a one-foot radius, and they won't be short. Uh, they'll be barely past. That's, that's the miss, and it'll burn one side of the edge, and it'll, just be, it'll go 10 inches past, and that's, that's what they aim for. So the speed is always right. It's just a matter of do they have the line. Uh, and I don't say always, but certain, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter who you are. It's the same deal. What do you see with amateurs? They get tight. We get tight. They, as if I'm somehow third-personing this, and miss it short and then might have like a four-footer, hope somebody says, okay, that's good, or have to putt the four-footer and miss it like 50% of the time. I mean, it's all a fucking thing. So that's something I want to work on as well. And, and because of the shoulder, I'm not just going to sit on the range and like bomb balls or attempt to bomb balls. This is the right thing to do for me is to uh, just sit there and, and work on this stuff. And I'm like, God, this is nice. I'm not even going to hit balls in the range. I'm just going to chip and putt. And I feel like I got that much better just by doing that. I digress. Getting a chance to play with a tour player. Super cool. He's a good guy. And he's from St. Louis. So if you're ever looking for somebody to pull for an event, there you go. Uh, Adam Long. All right, I've, I've, as always, just fucking babbled like nobody's business. And I got all these questions yesterday, um, and I haven't separated them into my QFTA file. I'm going to take a moment, pause for a sip of a delicious protein shake. Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast. So make sure you're supporting our sponsor. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Oh, yeah, I drink these isopyr protein shakes. I've been drinking them for a few years. They're like uh, two scoops. Hey, uh, two scoops of uh, protein and, um, and 
you know, whatever, I don't even know, eight, 10 ounces of water. And it's only like three carbs and 50 grams of protein and I don't know, I think 190 calories. So another, another unpaid recommendation here on the uh, podcast. Hey, this is paid. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast. And I would like to, uh, Recommend him to our audience. He's online at evergreenstl.com. If you're on board with the podcast, you got to support the sponsors, man. The only reason we're in business, these sponsors. So that's uh, that's that's what it gets down to. And uh, Mark Hanna is a wonderful sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show. And uh, he presents our guests every week, but also uh, questions from the audience. The number is 314-889-0503, 314-889-0503. at evergreenstl.com. I... Uh, I met with somebody, this was just kind of somewhat, it is apropos of nothing, like I said, when I don't have sleep, or in this case, I may be hungover, I don't know, the wandering, the ADD is like ratcheted up exponentially, but before I headed down here, um, met up with uh, somebody, had a couple beers, just bullshit with this uh, guy, great guy, and he was in uh, the financial um, industry, and he goes, yeah, I hear you talking about how you messed up in your 20s and 30s and I go oh my god so I don't even know what I, it's 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 not something that like you know like you're laughing about missing a shot or something like that it's 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 there it will always be there and you can never correct it the way I will correct it is by trying to tell people who listen to the show radio show podcast whatever about it and to take it seriously because you know, as I always say, I was saying this to Anna Marie, we were at dinner, I don't know, a couple nights ago, and I said, it's so weird that for as money conscious as my dad was growing up, can't blame him, with four kids, um, we just never like had a conversation about how to manage money properly. And it's on me, it's not his fucking responsibility, but I messed it up so badly that um, that I, f- I just want to help I help people. And by helping people, I'm saying, here's the person to call, and me, I can tell you that. I don't even have a a degree from Missouri with journalism on top of it. You know, I mean, this is, you know, listen to somebody who knows the program, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, girl line at evergreenstl.com. Now, Matt, who bowls at Hanks on the fan page said he wanted me to check something out. Um, in the questions from the audience thread, and I'm trying to see what we got here. He goes, okay. So he tagged me. Oh, I, this is going to require thought. This is dangerous. Not sure if this topic was already discussed, but I was curious what the are the top ten sports scandals and where does the Astros scandal fall in the rankings? I feel like I should do research for this. Let me see what people have posted. Black Sox certainly that goes without saying. Um, The Astros thing, I think, will be a top tenner. It's always tough to kind of have historical context in the moment. Somebody posted Michael Jordan's first retirement. I don't know on that. I mean, that kind of depends on the the uh, whether or not you adhere to the the conspiracy theory on you know whether or not he was suspended and it was you know or it was played a role in his you know his father's death played a role in all these things. Who knows? Suspended for gambling. I don't know. I mean, if you if if you do believe that, uh, that certainly would would be in that category. But you know, when I think a scandal, it's something that everybody's talking about. And everybody kind of like what's going on with the Astros. And you cannot go up to that ballpark or even just be around people right now. And baseball come up, and that is not the topic. 
and I don't think it's like suddenly going to improve. Uh, I think this is going to be a thing for a while. Um, I'm looking at the, the, I think the Cardinals go t- to the Astros, actually. Um, I mean, I'm sure the Astros will be at Roger Dean, too, but a week from Friday they go t- to Palm Beach Gardens, which is where the Astros and Nationals are. Um, oh, sports scandals. God, this is the th- My memory usually, I can go into things and be like, and there's got to be gambling stuff outside of the Black Sox. It's just not coming to mind. Game fixing. Um, I feel like boxing, there would have to be, but I'm just not coming. I feel terrible. I guess Matt who bulls at Hanks, though, text tagged me in this thing for the, uh, for the, the Jordan thing. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, if I had to bet, was that a real retirement or was that something else? Uh, I would say it was something else, but that's not uh, like, I believe certainly that that is the case. I'm just saying that, uh, if I had to, that's where my, uh, my action would be. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to dig into more, um, but uh, I'll go to some emails here. Hey, Tim, I found a few YouTube clips of Larry David and Dave Grohl from the Howard Stern Show that are fascinating, but only a few minutes in length. Do you, you know how to get access to the full segments? Does it require a membership to Sirius? Uh, thanks for any help. Also, keep doing what you're doing with regard to the show and the podcast. You're on a roll, and I wholeheartedly agree with your passion to keep the guys intact as best as you can. Such great chemistry. It's from Andy. I uh, appreciate the the compliment. Um, I do not know. I know that now any interview that's on Stern, um, you can um, – I go to – I mean, I'm, I am a subscriber to SiriusXM. So, I, I mean, when I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts or Sirius and only Stern. And then really at this point, almost only um, the interviews unless he's getting into a topic that I want to hear with, what, what they have to say. Like they were talking about the Academy Awards a couple of weeks ago and so on and so forth. God, my phone's offline. But the thing is, I mean, he, but I mean, you know what? He's in his mid sixties at this point. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to mess with it. I mean, the interviews are just far, few and far between. But what I was saying is, because um, he he just he I don't know. He does maybe two weeks of shows a month. Um, but uh, anytime there's an interview, the video is also up on the app. That's what I was. That's what I was getting to. So like the last interview. It was Leslie Jones, maybe? When I drove down here, I remember listening to that. Good interview, Leslie Jones from formerly of Saturday Night Live. Uh, God, did he have David Spade on again? Because I'm looking at the app, it says yesterday. I mean, it's just, it's, all, it's getting to a point where it's like, it, it was. God, it's like, it's like the same people. Like, I feel like Spade was on just like a few months ago. And it's like, I mean, I, I'll listen to it, but I don't know, whatever. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know. If I'm still doing this stuff in my mid 60s, um, I, don't, I don't know how I don't know how deep I'm going to want to dig on the interviews. I don't know when he does do an interview; it's outstanding. It might just be tough to get people there. I have no idea, or maybe he just doesn't want to do it. Um, but anyway, to answer your question on the series, it's worth subscribing. You know, I think it's like 15 bucks a month, so that's my recommendation. Then you can watch them, and you can watch them on your phone. Um, this one's about the Mizzou coaching search, and I, I honestly don't know. I'm so just like blah at this moment on Missouri athletics. 
And I don't know if I don't know if something's gonna bring. It's got to because I love college football so much that something's gonna bring me back. But uh, as things stand right now, I'm just blah. I'll read the question. I just I don't know if I'm gonna have a great answer on it. Hey Tim, wondering your thoughts on the curator leak during the Mizzou coaching search and why nothing more has been made of it. It was widely reported the week before they hired Drinkwitz that one of the curators leaked a three-man list that was supposedly not well-received by the Board of Curators. This was in between the last weekend of the regular season and conference championship weekend. Obviously, after his conference championship, Mizzou was able to interview and hire Drinkwitz. Why hasn't there been more made of the BOC leaked to the press? This was a confidential matter, and it made the university and Stirk look completely incompetent. Why aren't we trying to figure out who the leak was and remove them from the board of curators? Because it was it's obvious they cannot be trusted with confidential information moving forward. The only reason I can think of is the party that leaked the info has since been removed from the BOC because their term has expired, Steelman or Sunvold, names listed in this email, and it doesn't make sense to bring negative attention to the university for something that's no longer an issue. Wondering your thoughts on who the leak was and what you think anything should be made of it going forward. Thanks. That comes from Chris. Uh, honestly, I haven't thought much about it until reading your email. I thought a lot of it when it was going on, and I do agree. Anytime you have an organization with a bunch of leaks, you have an organization with problems. And I, I, I suppose you can like put qualifiers in there, but that means the people in charge are not respected. I mean, that's, that's what it tells you. Um, a bunch of leaks. Now, you might have a malcontent in there, but I'm talking about a bunch of leaks. And yes, in the moment, that was absolutely undercutting Jim Stark, unless it was some kind of metagame um, that he was involved in, and it was a way to float a trial balloon and see what kind of response it would get. Um, or maybe, well, hey, you leak this to the press, I'll be behind you leaking this to the press, and people will freak out, and then that will lead to our donors donating more to make sure we don't hire one of these three guys. Um, there's a, there's a theory. So I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I agree that on the surface, um, it's, uh, it's not a positive when you have that stuff going on. Sorry, I don't have more to add to it. Tim, uh, just like everyone else, I want to start a podcast. I understand that content is king and if I'm not willing to grind it out and be consistent, I'll never gain a following. I know that early episodes will have single and double digit numbers as far as downloads and listens. And that's just because I have friends and family. I guess my question is, how hard is it on the ego when the numbers aren't going the direction or at the speed you had hoped they would climb? How hard is it to keep grinding when nothing's happening? That's from the Crystal City Clamhammer. Well, what this is this one kind of catches me off guard. Although when I saw it yesterday, I do remember seeing it and looking forward to answering it, but I'd forgotten about it until reading it. Um, here I'll start here. This will be like my, my roadmap for you. And I realize it's all rhetorical because I can't ask you and you can't give me an answer. But why do you want to do it? If you want to make money, I will save you the time and tell you unless you have something to bring to the table that no one else is doing or that other people are doing but you're going to do much better, it's, you're not going to make money. And I can just end it, like period. That's not going to happen. Um, so that I think a lot of people do it for the love of doing it. 
I guess there's probably a healthy percentage, however, who are doing it thinking it's going to lead to something. And I'm sure in some cases it has, but it probably takes something substantial to happen. So as I always say, and it's like our moments of self-awareness on the radio show, um, which maybe the audience likes, maybe they don't like, I don't know, it's honest, is that for as much as Doug and the cat and I joke about how shitty this business is, the truth is we're lottery ticket winners. And by that I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about the math, the math of the number of people when Doug was starting out in the 70s, when the cat was starting out in the 80s, and when I was starting out in the 90s who wanted to do this stuff, and how many of those people at that time are still doing it, and you'd be talking about, I mean, in Doug's case, I bet he would be one of maybe two or three in his class uh, at Missouri, you know, and you're talking about a, you know, a journalism school with some accreditation. Same thing for the cat. And in my case, just because it's it's more recent, and I can also I know some of the people who are doing it, like Nichelle Turner on Entertainment Tonight. She was in my class. Gabe Yarman's doing it. He was in my class. Um, I feel like there's a few more who are in my class who are still doing it. But there's some people who are at KOMU or in my class who are still doing. It. A lot of people you see locally were KOMU people, um, albeit younger, just because they'll hire younger now for money reasons, but um, we're lottery tickets in the sense that it's so rare to be able to have this, you know, to do it into your 40s or the cat's case 50s or in Doug's case 60s. So, you know, three lottery ticket winners, which then multiplies the math by three. So from a podcast standpoint, if you care about your numbers, then you must be looking at it as a, as a, as a source of income. And what I'm telling you is you shouldn't. And I just, that's it. I, 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 you know, kind of, that's it. When I have people um, who are in school now who want to get into to broadcasting, I will, I was on the phone with a guy a couple months ago, smart guy, and I did listen to stuff and, you know, for every one of him where I'm like, oh, he's legitimately good and could do something in this. Oh, you know, I'd say there's 10 I listen to and I go, okay, it's just not going to happen. But even if you're talented, it still doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just a tough thing to crack because so many people want to do it. Uh, it puts the employers in a spot where they don't have to pay much unless that person um, generates revenue for the entity and then that person has leverage. So, uh, and it mobilizes an audience. And, and so odds are you're not going to be able to do that with a podcast because it's just like you're a drop of water in the ocean. Those who have done some things with podcasts usually had a platform to promote the podcast and then that helped move it to the front of the line. So take your pick of whatever podcast you would normally use, whether it be an individual like a Rogan or a Marin. Um, or part of a network that kind of has a theme to it. Uh, those are big advantages. But it's just not something that is lucrative. Um, you know, in my case, I'm able to promote it on the radio show. And KFI Inside STL owns the content, just like Inside STL owns TMA, but we license it to KFNS, Markell Entertainment Group, I suppose. 
specifically, and they sell the advertising. So, um, you know, that's that's how it works on my end. But, you know, listen, if nobody was listening to questions from the audience, I wouldn't do it. If uh, people weren't enjoying the guests, I wouldn't do it. But it's, it's becoming more of a... Um, it's interesting to me, I guess I'll, here's an anecdotal story, although it wasn't asked for. It's interesting to me now that more people, and I don't say more people, I have, it might be more than 50% of the time that when people contact me about advertising or when I have a conversation with somebody about advertising, they are more interested in pod, the podcast or social media shows than the traditional media. So whether that be radio, television, I mean, print at this point is, you know, in a different world than what it was a decade ago. Uh, And that's, to me, an indication of where things are going. So I guess what you do, and and Joe Roderick talks about this, is you kind of be, if you're in your spot, Crystal City Clamhammer, is if you can get a following, then you become part of a network, and then the network will sell. And I'm not talking about like a big network. I'm talking about a network that will take your downloads and then aggregate them, and then then they're selling your pre-rolls and then you get a cut of it that's that's the way to make any form of money but it's not it's just and maybe you'll wind up being the second coming of joe rogan and you can play this for me and say see motherfucker but i just want to save you the time just because i don't want to to jerk you off and tell you yeah good for you here are the five things you need to do to make sure your podcast works because what it comes down to is money if that's what your motive is and if it is, then you got to be cognizant of, you know, what your numbers are. But if you're just doing it for the love of the game, then who cares what your numbers are? Who gives a shit? What does it matter? I don't It happens, you know, and it's just like, I don't, like, who cares? But like on the TMA fan page, I mean, how many podcasts a week do people push on the page that they're doing? And I'm like, okay, well, we charge for advertising, but, you know, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because they're probably then going to use it as a way to, say, oh, I was, you know, censored by the fan page and Tim McKernan and then it becomes a thing and I'm just not interested in, you know, letting somebody use my platform to get attention for themselves. So, you know, and by that I mean me just deleting it. It doesn't fucking matter. It just doesn't matter. It always goes away. Um, but whatever, it's... It, it so I you know if pe- more people can do it and people can be successful at it then great but I don't want to be disingenuous with people who are thinking about doing going yes and if you can do it you too can be making this much money it's just not the way that it that it works it's just not how it, it works you have to have a, so for as much for example TMA has a shitload of downloads shitload of downloads uh, and also by the way I'll get into the weeds a little bit um. The downloads in 2020 podcasting is like talking about hits in like the 2000s on a website. It's black magic. It's something advertisers really can't, those who don't know, go, oh my God, you hear all the downloads that they have? Well, yeah, but just because it gets downloaded doesn't mean it got listened to, which therefore doesn't mean that there was engagement. You know, the thing with TMA is we engage people. The thing with this podcast is it engages people. They they go and add and, and buy products from the advertisers they hear. They do business with the people they hear advertising. There is engagement. If all I had were downloads or if this were radio and it were ratings and it weren't moving product, we wouldn't have advertisers. That's reality. 
You know, that's something that Barstool, for example, does so well. And anytime you see Erica Nardini or Dave Portnoy talking about the business of Barstool, whether one likes their content or not, the word you see them use is engagement. You know, they're not sitting there going, yes, we have, you know, all this. It's, it's engagement. Do our events, merch, podcasts, mobilize an audience and give return on investment for our advertisers? And the answer is absolutely. And that's what matters. But in 2020, this downloads thing is the black magic of it. And so you, if you're on, you know, the inside, I suppose, and doing this stuff, you recognize it. So anyway, for as many downloads as TMA has, and I would be surprised if outside of the Rizzuto show in St. Louis, if a radio show had more downloads than TMA has. I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm saying that from a pretty confident perspective just because I think our audiences are made up of the same kind of uh, age demographic, which therefore is going to increase the probability of podcasting as opposed to an older audience. Um even though I don't know how much overlap there is with our show and their show. Um, but I know they have a huge total of uh, downloads. They're, 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 I mean, this has got an incredibly successful show. And anytime I talk about them, I always say the same thing. And they're across the board great guys. And I'm super happy for them. Cause they are, especially in, an, in, a, in a business that oftentimes, if you're doing kind of the same thing, then it's automated. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, now I got to hate that person or hate that show. And in reality, it's like Scott Rizzuto's, like, is fucking down to earth as it gets uh and all those guys um burton patrico moon um those are the people i know on the show uh are just great guys and i know they have a hell of a lot of downloads and a hell of a following and then they like stream the show on youtube they just they're, they're just they do some great shit um and then tma has a shitload of downloads but even then it's tough to get on the radar of all of those companies if you listen to, you know, the global podcasts or the national podcasts um, for, for those for, to get bought. So what, like, a you know, Blue Apron or Legal Zoom or whatever the ones are that you always hear. Um, so it just kind of gives you an idea of what you're dealing with there. So do it enjoy it but don't do it for money that would be my official recommendation i hope i'm not squelching out a dream but if i am i'm saving you time and i'm very confident on that you know james carlton of the carlton state farm insurance agency is my insurance agent so this is a first-hand endorsement of james carlton and his staff in webster groves 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net i think a lot of people just go okay well i've got a guy got a lady. I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens because my interactions with James have been so positive that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now he still checks in, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which of course was a substantial issue, um, 
you know, we weren't covered on, on something or I've forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. But he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just, it's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he does okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, let me see what else we got in the QFTA file, right? Those have been emails. Let me go back into the TMA fan page. I remember there were some good ones. Jaden James, my, uh, my accompaniment for this week's uh, thread. I hear my son screaming. I got to get out there and play t-ball with him. So maybe I'll just answer a couple of these. All right. Um, let's see. Um, I try not to bring up topics previously discussed, but I've been just as puzzled as you about the Battlehawks craze. I say that as someone who has bought in myself. However, I stumbled on this thought recently. Is it possible that the reaction is due to the fact that the Battlehawks are the first pro football team to originate in St. Louis? The Cardinals, Rams were both transplants, and we all embraced them pretty well, but this is St. Louis's own team. There's no shared history, no baggage of a move, just our team. Uh, it's a good theory. I'll welcome every every theory to the table on this because it's just like I cannot believe it. I, I'm stunned by it. And I can't imagine there are too many people who go, yes, I expected this. Um, but I bet the cat, bet him 25 bucks that they wouldn't sell 25,000 tickets for the opener. And I've already, I got to Venmo him that because I, that, that ship sailed. Uh, and I love it. I just couldn't, I'm just stunned by it. Absolutely stunned by it. I don't think your reason is a re, is the reason. Um, I think in general, not just St. Louis, I think in general, people just love watching, betting, playing daily fantasy with football. It is the most conducive to it. And there is no alternative until the last week of August rolls around. So that's, that's a part of it. Uh, and then, uh, and then I think, that, you know, I like the first game, I'm just like, people are saying how great this was, when the one the Battle Hawks won. And I'm just like, I mean, they won, and that's great. I couldn't name more than two people on the team, and it struck me as kind of boring, and people are talking about how great it is. I'm just going, okay, I don't see it. But then I watched the game they lost, and I'm like, I'm really, I'm actually into this. And while I was watching on YouTube TV, and so I'm flipping back and forth with the Blues game, because the Blues are playing at the exact same time, and the Battlehawks got 2-1 to one on the ratings. And that drives, like, hardcore Banty Blues fan up the wall. Um, that that uh, that I was, like, legitimately into it. And Jordan Tamu, the, the quarterback, uh, I'm like, this guy can play. And then when it, so when he threw that interception late in the game, I was actually like, oh, my God, I can't believe Tamu threw an interception. Because uh, he was just so damn good, and just kind of picking apart defenses with the run, uh, the repass option, uh, and 
and then it turns out he thought there was, should have been an offsides. There wasn't offsides. It just was missed, and that helped explain it. And I was like, man, this sucks. And I'm like, wow, I actually care about this. I never would have thought that I would feel that way. I am stunned by it. I, I Biggest surprise to me in 20 years of being in the market is the success of the Battlehawks. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just usually... I have an idea of where things are, and I guess that can sound super arrogant. It's not intended to be, but I kind of feel like there's a track record on it on in this market. Uh, and I just was off on this, and I'm stunned by it, absolutely stunned by it. I just I don't think it has anything to. I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with the Cardinals and Rams being transplants. I just I just don't. I don't know, though. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't explain it, so I, I guess I have to entertain everything. All right. Um, Timmy recaps. The uh, Always has these incredible questions. Uh, not emailed, though, this time. This is in the fan page. Uh, what do you believe is the best extension of your talents? Is it TMA, the family interviews you've been doing, long-form interviews, um, baseball deep dives, or something else completely? Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares, and Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503, or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year, that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart, and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. Um, I, th- I think I'll put it, it'll, it'll fall under the same umbrella, the long-form interviews, which also are the family interviews. And I don't know how, like, I think, I don't really listen to it when I'm not there, if Jay or Charlie are in and running point and they have Doug and the Cat to play off of with Iggy and the Plowhawk and uh, Gangster Pete, you're not really going to miss me much on TMA. I think. That's what I think. Now, I could be wrong on that. Um, So, I, you know, I don't know. I can, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. The The interview thing is something that's kind of become a recent phenomenon. Well, it's not recent because it, it would happen with, um, with when I was doing television from 2000 through 2000, 2005. But I would do these like 30 or 40 minute interviews, but we would only be able to run at the most, like, God, I mean, at the most, 10 minutes, and and usually that was with me begging for time, because you're doing an hour-long show, which might sound like a lot, but when you factor in commercial breaks, you're now down to, like, 42 minutes, and, you know, 10 minutes, you're taking up a quarter of the show, and it's just with, like, a stable uh, camera shot, you know, so it's just not realistic, it's just, it's not the way television works, but now... The long-form interview has been brought back with podcasts. I think Howard Stern's a huge factor in that, actually. And I love doing it. And I think when... So so the reason why I'm highlighting this is I guess... I guess it's a talent, which, again, sounds incredibly um, 
self-indulgent, but the question is, what is the best extension of my talent? So it puts puts the action on me to make this essentially self-aggrandizing observation. But I say this because um, I think I think that uh, you know I I mean maybe it, it loses something if it's not me running point, but I still think it functions. Um, and that time may come, you know, where I'm not the one running point on TMA and I'm doing something else. Um, you know, and I think the show can go on with, uh, like a Jay or a Charlie, um, running point. So, um, yeah, but I mean, but it has to really, it truly, I don't think you can just put anybody in there. I think it has to be one of those, uh, two, at least of the people who have been in there. I think that's important. Um, and then I think you have to have uh, Doug and the cat in there for it to, to really continue to, to have the, you know, what it's been uh, since 2004. But the interview thing, I guess, is, but I, I can't, I can't, it's not something I can go, okay, and here's how you do it. I don't know. Like, I, I had never met, I guess, I'd, as I said at the beginning of this, Harrison Bader. Um, and... You know, I'm sitting there with Mike Claiborne. It's just the two of us. Somebody had just told us Bader and DeYoung had left. And I'm like, God, how'd I miss those guys? Because I wanted to interview Bader for the podcast. And I'm like, God, how'd I miss those guys? But I mean, Claiborne and I are sitting there bullshit, and I'm laughing my ass off. So it's possible I missed it. And I knew Claiborne had a good relationship with Bader. I said, hey, if he, because he's going to walk out of here. It's 3 o'clock. He's going to want to go home. And then he's going to get hit with being asked to do an interview. This isn't a great situation. So if you could vouch for me, that might help me get this uh, this ball across the goal line. He goes, I'll vouch for you. And I said, all right, cool. So um, Bader comes out and I said, hey, can I get 15 or can I get an interview? He goes, how long? I said, and then Claiborne stepped in and goes, 15 minutes. And he asks good questions. You'll, you'll enjoy yourself. <laughs> and so. Peter goes, all right, I'll do it. And I don't know how long we went. I haven't looked at, looked at the, uh, the audio file yet. But I would guess we went probably in the 20 to 30 range. And it wound up just being like a good bullshit session. And I don't know, I really don't know why. I know I have an appreciation for when I, when I notice it with other people doing it. Um, I almost don't even like to talk about it because I feel like this is such a fucking arrogant, like, Mono, it's not even a conversation. I'm t- here is what I'm really good at. Let me tell you about why I'm so good. It's just awful. It's just an awful fucking thing. I'm grossed out by it. Uh, I, I, sometimes I wonder if Timmy Recaps is doing this just to like uh, get me in a uh, uh, spot where I'm like in a just vile. But I'm trying to answer the question seriously. So if you are uh, leveling me, I tip my cap. But I don't really know how. I, I'm naturally curious. I remember somebody. I remember somebody interviewing Stern and asking about his interviews, and I was really curious what how he's going to answer that. And he said, "Well, I'm just naturally curious." And I go, "Oh my god!" There is, I was curious to hear his answer, and that's because I'm curious. And he says he's curious. And so when I'm doing these interviews, with the exception of the family interviews, and if you're interested, email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com. Um, like I'm tr- like I'll have notes on on like the, f- the the background of the family member, but with Bader, with Goldschmidt, with Edmund, with Flaherty, I didn't have any notes. It's just a conversation, and I know, you know, kind of the basics about them, and I know what happened with the Cardinals last year, and what fans are talking about heading into this year, and then perhaps things that are specific to each one. Um, 
And then somehow we wind up just having like, you know, like Goldschmidt, for example, who just does not enjoy interviews. I mean, to the point that he's like, a he knows he's not uh, the greatest soundbite in the world. And he, and, he, and he doesn't, I don't think he doesn't, it's just, it's just not something he's interested in. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. And, uh, and it's kind of like he was laughing about it, you know, before he came out and then did the thing with me. And then we kind of got in this, like we're wrapping up and he's kind of like, yeah, sorry, I know this has been great, even though that's not what he said. And I said, let me just ask you, I mean, is this, is this intentional? Like the Bull Durham thing where Kevin Costner is telling him how to answer questions, you know, to give him nothing. I would call that the Daryl Kyle. And I say this, of course, with all due respect to the late, great Daryl Kyle way of answering questions. Cause Kyle, when he would be away from microphones was like a cut up, but in front of a microphone, it was just like a cliche factory and you knew it was intentional, but Goldschmidt, that's who he is. And I said, or is this just something that you just, and then that wound up kind of being the interview was why he doesn't like doing interviews. And it wasn't a plan. I wasn't like, okay, if I can get him to talk about this, then it'll get him. It's just what I was curious about. And I, and, and the thing is I'm at the mercy of the interviewee because if they go, whoa, that was a shitty question. Like, I mean, part of my thing today with Bader was, you know, you obviously struggle picking up on breaking balls and hitting them. But the way I asked it was, I mean, I got cut three out of four years in high school, so I don't have a fucking clue. But, you know, on the outside looking in, it seems like breaking balls really cause you some problems. So I certainly don't know because I know I can't do it. But is that an accurate perception? And I guess by phrasing it that way, I don't know. Maybe that's how it, it works. I don't know. But that that's how I would. So if somebody were to interview me about the show, and if they were to go, well, I read in Dan Caesar this and that, and then like then therefore like believing that, number one, and then number two, um, like coming at me like they know better, I'd be like, okay, fuck you. You know, and I might not go, okay, fuck you, but I would be like, okay, fuck this guy. I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to give him anything. He's an asshole. So I don't know. I don't know. But I do, I guess, uh, I guess that must be, I think that's it. I enjoy it. I think, I think the thing I enjoy the most, like the funnest, I don't know. It's just a different kind of thing. TMA is certainly just super fun. Cause you're just laughing. You, me, I am just laughing for three hours. And you're just like, this is just the greatest um, but I mean, I know that, that, you know, at some point, you know, it's coming to an end. Uh, and so, um, you know, you think about what, what it is that I want to do after TMA and, um, yeah, the, the interview thing, I guess clearly is, is, is something. And, uh, and I loved, I do love doing it. It's just different than TMA. And then kind of like what you hear with QFTA or when you hear me doing these interviews, um, I guess my personality on TMA is different than my personality on these, but um, I'm telling you, I had uh, somebody tell me this, and <laughs> I think of of the five on air people on TMA. I think if there were a pie chart, I think I might talk the least or the second least on the show. Um, so you know, QFTA and the interviews gives me a chance to. Uh, to talk a little bit more and to expound. And I enjoy that. I am certainly not, uh, not uh, concise with my thoughts. So I don't know. I, and, and people enjoy the interviews and people enjoy hearing people they know and are curious about. 
um, speaking candidly. And so I guess I just, it's a weird thing. It's like, okay, if I, when I was out playing with Adam Long, it's like, okay, he could show me, and I can't do it, but he could show me how to hit a draw, for example, on command or fade a shot, whatever. I don't mean I can do it, but he, he can show me how to do it. I don't know how to tell anybody to do this shit because to me it's just talking. And it's just what I would do if I were sitting with you, the person listening to this right now, and we were sitting at a bar and drinking, and you'd tell me your story, and I'd be listening, and I'd then have like a question, a conversation. That's what it exists to me. It's what it is. It's not an interview. It's a conversation. An interview, somebody's got their guard up. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and I just, lo- I just love it. I love when, when you're sitting there with somebody and you know, that person is, um, is, is, is in the same mindset as, as you. And by that, I mean, we're going to talk here. And, and yeah, we're still going to have our guard up to an extent, but we're actually going to talk here and we're going to, you know, like I really want, and I hate to say this because I, I don't know how likely it is that it'll happen, but I really want to interview Yachty or Molina. I really do. Just because I feel like if, it, if we did it, it would be really good. Um, which again, I hope doesn't come off the wrong way. And it's got nothing to do with me. It really doesn't. It's just, I, because if he agrees to do it, that means he's in the mindset to do it. I know he's got a lot, you know, I mean, he's obviously got a lot. Um, and Wainwright's like one of the greatest interviews ever, but we've, Adam and I have done a number of them. Um, and I just don't know how much there would be there, you know, um, in part perhaps because when he blasted an interview with me, it wound up being not because again, not because of me, but because of what he said, uh, regarding like players striking and being pissed off, um, that it became national news, uh, with his comments, but with Molina, just like we get to dig in on the last 15 years of Cardinal baseball and just, I don't know. I just really want, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's what I, that's, that's my, it's my target. I hesitate to say it because it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get it and it depends on his mood and he doesn't really know me at all. And you know, but I would love that. And I think you, the audience would enjoy it. Now maybe I'll do it and you'll be like, yeah, Tim, you said that was going to be really good. And there wasn't a whole lot there, was it? And you're like, yeah, but, I, but here's the thing. I know it before I even hit the red button to stop the interview. I know when it's not there. Had it happened down here, not going to name who, it's because it's not personal. The person just wasn't in the mood. And whereas back in the day when I was at KMOV and I would run into this, you'd like try to like, what is the phrase? Blood from a rock or something like that. Uh, Blood from a turnip. I don't know what the hell it is, whatever it is. It's just not there. And you, but, but back then, I would be like, okay, well, maybe if I can get this question, maybe I'll get it going. It's not there. It's not going to be there in that moment. You can't do anything about it. So you just hit eject and you move on. Um, so if Melina's given me 10-second answers, I'll be like, all right, it isn't happening. And I'm not even going to bother trying to make it happen. But I think, I think, I think we would have a good conversation. So... That's what I enjoy doing. I mean, I, and I'm doing it wrong. I love doing TMA. But as far as something that I guess, to answer the question, is the best extension of talents, um, it would be that. But I think it's because, kind of like with TMA, which is like exactly what you're told not to do, but we just let it fly, you know? And you just kind of trust the stuff. 
And so if all of a sudden we like, we formatted TMA and like, okay, the first 15 minutes we'll talk about the Blues beating the Devils last night. And the next 15 minutes we'll talk about Miles Michaelis and his PRP and what it might mean for the rotation, who could replace him, commercial break. All right, then the next 15 minutes, Illinois with a great win at Penn State last night. Missouri beats Ole Miss and the Billikens had a big lead on UMass and they wound up blowing it. We'll talk about whether or not we'll get a team in the tournament locally this year and what's going on with college basketball locally. And then following that, um, we'll circle back to the Blues winning Michaelis and uh, the college basketball, and then we'll hit the top of the hour. Oh, it makes me nauseous to even say that. That would gross me out. I wouldn't, I'd be, in, I'm not interested in doing that. I want to just let it fly and just, all right, the mics are on. Let's go. Let's see where we're going to go. You're, you, the audience, are going to find out along with us. And that's the same way I like to do interviews. And I guess if you're like, you know, mad about it you would go oh they don't do preparation well the preparation is that we can do it and it works so you know sorry (laughs) it's just it's just what we do and it works so it doesn't require like writing shit out it would be super boring not interested in it and I think when you know like Bader doesn't know me so like we're about to you know, start and I go, Hey, I'm Tim, by the way, I know you don't fucking care, but whatever, just, I feel like as a gentleman, I should do that. And, uh, and I think at that moment he already knows he's dealing with, you know, a clown. Um, and then it just went like, you know, it just winds up, it just winds up being a good conversation. And, um, and I love it. I mean, it's just for me, it's like when I get done with doing the family interviews, when you get done and we've talked through somebody's life, you know, and they've told their stories, they poured their heart out, good chance they got emotional at one point or maybe multiple points. And you say thank you and in part ways. And it's just, it's an, for me, it's an incredible high. And I think for the person, it's an incredible high because now they know that for their sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, spouses, whatever, that their, um, their story is now recorded. It's there. And uh, it's a high for them in that sense. And then also I think they find that it's, they probably have just, it's natural to have some nerves going into it. And then it winds up, you know, two minutes in, I think they forget about the nerves and it's comfortable and it's a conversation and they're like, I'm glad they're doing it and having fun. So that's probably a rush too. Like if you ever think about, you're like, I'm dreading something and then you get it done and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then you feel a high because it's over and you got through it, that kind of thing. So that's what I like, man. I don't know if it's an extension of talents because I don't really think it's a talent I watch a guy like shape a golf ball or throw a, you know, 12, six curve ball or hit a, you know, 92 mile an hour pitch. And I go, there's a talent or somebody sing or act or write or, you know, whatever, those kinds of things. I'm just like, man, I can't do that. You know, so talking is something everybody can do. And so I just don't really know if I can consider it a talent, but it does seem for whatever reason uh, with, uh, with regard to, um, interviews that, 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 that works. And I do love doing it. And I guess it goes back 20 years at this point. I just didn't, you know, I just, I, I guess I wasn't aware of it cause I just kind of figured, you know, eh, some people just might not have the time for it. We're also just like the fucking, I don't want to say balls. Cause then it sounds like a compliment. Just the, the assholiness to think some motherfucker is going to sit with you for a half hour. You know, like you got to be a pretty big dick to do that, to just like hijack a half hour of somebody's life. Um, 
So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that. Maybe that's my talent. I'm an asshole, actually. I've decided I figured out my talent. It, it finally stripped it all away. I'm an asshole. I'm a big enough asshole and think I'm so egocentric that I think Harrison Bader, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Jack Flaherty, and whoever else will actually want to sit with me for a half hour, an hour, and, and, and tell me their story. It's like Claiborne said today when we were sitting there. And he goes, whose career are you going to help out today? <laughs> or who are you going to tell you interviewing them is going to help their career out today? <laughs> and it really kind of stripped it down. It's like, yes, you're exactly right. These, and I have to say, 20 years ago, because uh, it was Mark McGuire craze, and I was, you know, asking him to do an interview, and I said, hey, it'd be cool if you and Griffey did one together. And he goes, really? He goes, I don't think he'll do that. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, I don't think he'll do that. And I go, okay, so will you do it? He goes, I don't know. Talk to me tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, I'll take him up on it because it just became like like, a, like I'd go back to my friends and we're all 22, 23 years old. And I'd say, yeah, here's how I got shot down today at the ballpark. So I'm like, oh, this will be good. Mark's going to basically tell me to go fuck myself. I wonder how he's going to do it today. So I go up to him and I go, hey, Mark, remember yesterday you said I can check with you about the interview? And he goes... Yeah, I'll help your career out. And I'm like, oh, it's tough but fair. That's, I mean, that's essentially exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. Does he need to do this? No. What's the upside for him? None. Is he getting anything else? None. None. That's real. That's the truth. So it's just like this kind of currency. We all trade our time and do these interviews. I suppose in, in our world, we're promoting our stuff. If you're a ball player, what are you getting out of it? I have no idea. You just do. You just like it's part of the game and you do it. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'll say that I just I enjoy the hell out of doing it. I absolutely enjoy the hell out of doing it. So uh, Timmy Recaps, once again, tip my cap to you. You have, uh, you have dug in. Let's see if I got anything else. I've already gone. Uh, let's see. Jennings likes the picture of Jaden James, as he should. Uh, Eric uh, asks, my, does my, we'll wrap up with a quick hitter. We'll get you out on this, as Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon would say. Does Miles Michaelis pitch this season? Um, I'm going to go with no. Uh, so, therefore, the follow-up, does he throw more than 100 innings is an easy no. Who do I think takes his rotation spot? Um, the low odds play, Carlos Martinez. A uh, high reward, high odds play, Alex Reyes. There you go. Yeah, I answered a question directly and without going 50 minutes on it. All right, as always, thank you uh, for listening to the Tim McCurdy Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Thank you to uh, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm, 314-961-4800, go online at carltoninsurance.net. It was nearly a year ago that I came back from spring training, already depressed because we were coming back from Florida, and it was cloudy and gray and rainy when we arrived in St. Louis and had no idea. But then when we got home, which was already depressing enough, as I noted, that our basement was flooded. Oh, that day. And then I think we all got sick. I mean, that was a... That was rough. That was a legitimately rough time. Uh, and James Carlton was all over it. Without him, I can't imagine how bad it would have been. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. Uh, and then also designer heating and cooling. 
Online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop trains. Seth Goldcamp and his family have been taking care of St. Louisans for generations. Let them take care of you as well. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. And it is indeed hard to stop a train. Seth put in a humidifier in my home this winter, and it makes a huge difference. Let him do the same for you. Go to designairservice.com. Design Air, heating and cooling online at designairservice.com. All right. Thank you to Johnny Landoff Chevrolet online at landoff.com. Chevy, find new roads, a wonderful sponsor of the podcast. And thank you for sending in your questions. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Send them anytime. They're all, they don't have to be sports related. They don't have to be radio related. I'm, I'm, I'm like essentially encouraging sex questions. That's basically or politics questions. The things that make my synapses fire. Um, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Although I enjoyed these questions this week too, so I should make sure that I say that. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. This has been yet another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience on the InsideSTL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.